Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. So, I don't know what's cooler. Nate Danielson getting a goal and an assist in his first game in Portland? Or the fact that you're going to go to two Michigan-Michigan State hockey games this weekend, a Red Wings game? All in, all in three days. I don't know what's cooler. In the Lions game. You're not. No, no, I'm not. I oh. thought I, I literally thought you were going to say that. I don't know if it was cooler. Nate Danielson's goal and assist or those jerseys that he rocked last night. Those jerseys are sick. I do like them. Big fan. How They're much, still like the Kraken colors. How much How much were they? The authentic one was like 400 bucks. The non-authentic one is like 190 or something like that. And then all of them are sold out. Every size. Yeah, I know. It's every time we want to buy a jersey of some sort like that, it's just non-existent. They don't even have a custom option. You can't customize them for four hundred dollars for a non-customized jersey. No, thank you. Come on, Portland, no, be better. That's some fanatics moves right there. Well, you could always get a blank one and get it customized through Vintage Detroit. If they have the Portland numbers, that's the thing. I don't know if they. I would have to ask them before I bought before I made an investment like that. Like, can you That's get a hold of their fair. numbers so I'm not just slapping Red Wings jersey numbers on the jersey? <laughs> I'm going but, in there Monday, so I, I'll be able to talk and ask, but just remind me because I'll, I'll forget. I'll be so Yeah, I got a couple things to remind you of this weekend because I need a Michigan hockey jersey more than any other jersey right now. And uh, yeah, I don't remember what else I needed to remind you of. Probably something important. Probably needed to remind you that this is the Hockey Town West podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, Nick. That throw you off still? I did it yesterday too. This is this is fifty one point five. This is uh, us re recording because Brandon was so angry and not prepped for yesterday and looked lost. And I was the one holding it down. I was prepped. I was ready. I had the mic on and ready. Headphones. I was good. Brandon so I didn't got, even know what day it was. I got thirty minutes into the edit and I was like I can't stand listening to both of us right now we both sound so terrible so not knowledgeable of the situation at all and i'm like you know what if i'm this frustrated and i'm only halfway through this no one's gonna listen to this so let's try this again and i'm in a better mood today i'm lack of sleep mood honestly i've been rolling since 7 a.m i'm like three hours of sleep so i'm still going so i'm a little slap happy that might that might make this a better episode right there i hope so because it's so hard to re-talk about what we just talked about yesterday it's even easier, though, if you're so sleep-deprived, you don't remember talking about it at all. <laughs> so this this episode, this is our Thursday episode, which is usually a preview of what's to come for the Griffins this weekend. And what is to come is a trip up to Manitoba to play the Moose Friday and Saturday, which I'm excited for. This should be a good matchup. Should be a fun road trip for the Griffins. So, Nick, you did a bunch of prep for this episode. And really went in depth in some of this stuff. So break it down for me. What you got? Yeah, so we played, we've played them twice before already. Uh, we played them back in November on the 24th and we won five to one. This was like the start near the start of the season. Like this is the team that we were looking for. Uh, the Griffins play style, like cross ice passes. The turnovers were cleaned up, played really well. We were stoked. Uh, Hutch played this game was super close to a shutout 10 seconds left a little a terrible shot from the blue line trickle i remember that game. now it, it, like we just we wish this would have been a good game for Hutch to get the, the shutout but uh he played both games so it's something funny that we had mentioned on the last episode is that uh dan watson doesn't usually go with back-to-back but he did this time uh but it wasn't really a true back to back because they had Saturday yeah. off and then they played Sunday. So um yeah, just a that weird rotation. Well, first time they played both uh, the same goalie in back to back games. Not back to back oh, games, back to back games. Uh <laughs> they played on the Sunday. This was the Hispanic Heritage Night, and so they wore their jerseys all weekend and uh they lost three to two, which they played like crap that game, uh, I remember, and it was close to the end, uh, but they ended up losing. So That's the game we got to go on the ice afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the, that was the game that we got to go to the ice after. Yeah, um, we got that dope holiday picture. It was a great Christmas card. So I have, or anything. I have a question for you. Question for me. 
Yeah, why did the Moose bring a magnifying glass to their games this weekend? <laughs> why? Because they wanted to investigate mysterious activities undercover. So this weekend's games, the Moose have a spy theme night. And uh, I don't know if they're just trying to get people out. This is their first one. So that's why the joke. But uh, the other end of this joke is that they haven't won since December 23rd, um, where they beat the lowly Iowa team 5-2. to two. So poor Iowa, poor Manitoba, just sitting at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, I mean, it's this team is terrible. Um, <laughs> they haven't won since before Christmas. They lost six to two to Texas, three to two to Texas, three to one to Belleville, two to one to Belleville, four nothing to Belleville, five to two to Laval, and then four to one to Laval. So nothing real close except for the one against Texas and then the one against Belleville. Uh, one and nine in their last ten, and they haven't won a game uh, in they're zero and seven. <laughs> So an 0 and 7 winless streak. Griffins were 0 and 3. So this weekend is the tale of somebody's streak's gotta end. And I pray that they do not split this series. No. We're <laughs> oh we're we're 0 2 and 1. Oh, okay, whatever. It's still uh, it's we got a point. All right. I know my buddy messaged me today. He was like, the wings are undefeated in January. They're 6 0 and 1. And I go, what's the one stand for? He goes, overtime doesn't count. I'm like, well, all right, whatever. We can so, argue that. We can have a whole episode arguing that. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, the wings are doing well, uh, which is good. The okay. They're averaging for the season four goals. They're giving up, and they're scoring about two and a half. So Griffins are, when we're averaging four goals, we're winning. Uh, and we're typically giving up about two. So could be a good matchup for us on that side. Uh they are the bottom of the division with 24 points. Current worst stretch of hockey in the entire league. Um, power play. I thought they were doing pretty good on the power play, but they're only 20, 20.8%, six in the league. And they're seven, and we're seventh in the league at 20.5. So power play is about the same. But they have the fourth fewest chances in the league to going on the power play. So it's good that they take advantage of the ones that they get but they're just not getting enough, kind of like what we had in the beginning of the season. No, I mean, it's a, that's a frustrating stat line. I mean, we were frustrated by that stat line. I'm sure they can be frustrated by it too. And, you know, it's crazy because when we first ran into this team, they were near the top of the division. It was it was them in Texas kind of running things for a minute. And, oh, man, how the mighty have fallen. It's crazy. And the stark contrast to just where they're at in the division or the league compared to their affiliate Winnipeg, who's the top of the Western conference, in the NHL, like it looks like they put all their eggs in one basket here and are shooting for the stars in, in Winnipeg to see what they can do. So this should uh, be interesting. So let's dive into these players here. Who do we got to watch out for? Who's, who's the guy I'm very curious as I look through this team, I want to know your take on the goalie situation. Like what do we got here? So their top player, some kid named Brad Lambert. Um, not sure okay. if anybody's heard of him. Yeah, Pretty good, good player. Uh, 29 games played, 12 goals compared to Lesby, who has 11 on our team. Uh, 13 assists, 25 points total. If my math adds up, he's a plus one. He is the all-star representative for this team. So uh, he is, he'll, he'll go over and play with uh, Bergie and Simon when they go over uh, in San Jose. The Brad's a center. Left wing is Nikita Chiprukov. He's got 10 goals, 15 assists. Also adds up to 25 points. Bergie has the same amount of points as these guys. So uh, very comparable. Uh, but he's a minus 14. Uh, the last, so I kind of checked because I thought with this amount of goals and these amount of assists, I kind of figured him and Brad were kind of just passing the puck back and forth and scoring. Kind of like what we saw with Brett, um, Brandon Hawkins and Kirill. But that's not really the case. Nikita's been on the third line the last game and then he was on the second line for the four games prior so he's been demoted my guess is because his defense is terrible so do you know who else was rolling on that second line at all i know you did a little bit of research on that but did you happen to catch who else was on it because when you brought this up last night in episode 50 not 51 and a half um there i looked more into this today and like we talked about you know Plus minus isn't the most accurate thing in this league, but at the same time, when you find an outlier, it's something to look into. 
And I was like, let me just reverse order. Who's all of the worst ones on this team here? And there's four minus 14s. There's a center, a left wing, another center, and a defenseman. And I'm like, well, dang, is that a whole line right there? They're all just happen to be minus 14? Is it? I don't I don't know. I didn't I couldn't oh. find their lineups. Like I didn't have time to search for that part today. But it looks a little suspect. They've all played close to the same amount of, amount of games. One's played 27, one's played 30, and the other two have played 31. They're all minus 14. There's one guy underneath them who's played 20 games who's a minus 12. So I'm like, and he's another defenseman. So I'm like, well, there's the second line and the second pairing right there just getting absolutely shredded, apparently. So Again, plus minus, not the greatest stat line in the world, but it exists for a reason. We think it's more of a team stat, but at the same time, when there's an outlier like that, it kind of sticks out. So if I see Kiprikov and I'm going to try not to butcher this name, Zilkin, Zilkin, uh, Seuss, Lundmark, and Kanadev on the ice at the same time, we figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, so the last a lineup post that they had was on Saturday, January 13th. So last week, uh, yep. their second line consisted of Kemp, Zilkin, and Chiprikov. And defense, it was Hinola and Ledmark was the second line D pair. Now, okay, so that checks a few of them off. <laughs> okay. Seuss was the third line, but who was the other guy that you had mentioned? Uh, so the forwards were Suits, Chiverkoff, and Zilkin. Those were the forwards. The defenseman was Lundmark and Kanizev. I keep trying to repronounce it. When you brought up Kemp, that's an interesting one because they just acquired him, it looks like, uh, not very long ago from the San Jose Barracuda. He's so, only played three games in Manitoba. Oh, that's so he's that. got zero stats uh, across the board. So that explains why Veal was there, because they probably just bumped Veal down to the third line. Or Seuss to the third line, sorry. So, that would make total sense. And then Chiprikov was on that third line recently, so it's maybe uh, trying to keep the chemistry with the two guys. I don't know, but the defense is just terrible. So You want to keep losing games back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back like this. You just keep that second line together, and you'll keep doing it, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like that line too. If we can take advantage of that that lineup being out there, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the key to this game, I think. Um, so, what line on the Griffins would you match that lineup with if you get last change? Which I don't think we I don't know if we do on the road or not. I can't remember how that rule works. I'm hoping we put Bergie Mazer and, and Sardik out there, but just let them tear point, that line to pieces. But could you imagine that's gonna be a high scoring game at that point? Because that's because that line doesn't play defense either. So it's like. You get the all offense uh, guys out there. So let's get the guys out there that need a confidence boost. Let's get the fourth line out there. Let's get the third line out there. Let's get Elmer yeah. some goals. Let's get Cross some goals. Let's get uh, Ammo some goals. You know, let's, uh, that'd be interesting. But anyways, continue. Sorry, we were off on tangent there. Good tangent though. Their best defenseman, Kyle Capi Bianco. I probably murdered that. So light me up on YouTube. I don't care. Uh, he leads the D-men on the moves with six goals. He's got 17 assists, which leads the team. 23 points leads the D-men. And then he's a plus three, and he leads the team. Uh, checked into his notes, like kind of his uh, player profile, because I'd never heard of this guy before. But he was drafted by the Yotes in 2015, the round three. He just got to Manitoba this year. Uh, he was with Tuscan for a long time uh, with the road the Roadrunners. Yeah, Tuscan Roadrunners. Question mark? Roadrunners? Um, I thought that was right. So uh, coming into the team, doing really well on defense. Uh, this is probably what we imagine Brogan Rafferty being for our for our team uh, coming from uh, Coachella. So. so let's talk about goalies. That's the next one that looks interesting because when we dug into this originally, the AHL site is being like the NHL site. It's kind of trash right now for some reason when it comes to the Manitoba Moose goalies only. We know they have a guy in the ECHL who's played a few games. He's an ECHL all-star, right? Yep. And then we've got two other guys that we're pretty familiar with. So break it down for me. So there, we'll start with the ECHL guy, Thomas Milicic, uh, is I'm guessing how you pronounce his name. Uh, drafted in 2023, round five. Uh, so late round draft pick, I would say, fifth round. You probably don't expect much from uh, somebody coming out that round for goalie 
currently with Norfolk uh, Admirals in the ECHL. He is an all-star for them. I don't have his stats for the ECHL team. Uh, I only found this going to the Manitoba Moose Twitter page, so I saw that they had highlighted him. But he played four games up here, uh, but he's mainly down there. Would you like his stats real quick? Sure. Enlighten us, Brandon. So 16 games played in the ECHL this season, 2.51 goals against with a .908 save percentage. There's a reason he's an all-star in the ECHL. Those are good numbers in the ECHL. So an interesting look at him. I mean, he's got four and he's got four games with Manitoba, and those stats look like the two games Kosa played with the Griffins last year. So first year in pro hockey, tucked in the ECHL. Looks like he might have some potential for Manitoba, uh, kind of giving him the Kosa treatment. Like yeah, it. that's that's why I wanted to highlight him. Uh, we, we're probably not going to play this guy this weekend, uh, but it is a name that we probably should prep for for the next couple years because uh, I think, just like you said, he's going to be in that ghost of treatment of developed down in the ECHL. Where, did you see where he came from before then? Uh, was he what, in like, the oh, like, like, like a junior team or whatever? Yeah. Um, he was in He was in the WHL. He was with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Okay. Uh, so. Posted some very uh, – because, you know, the, the WHL and the Q and all them, they're pretty high-scoring leagues. He played 33 games last year with Seattle, 2.08 goals against with a .928 save percentage. Dang. Oh, four shutouts in that season, too. He also had 19 playoff games where he boasted a 1.95 goals against and a .933 save percentage. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, this guy, I mean, he's he's going through the course of treatment. If it's anything, I haven't listened to any interviews from this guy or anything like that, but I know Kosa said to jump from uh, where he did to the ECHL was a huge jump. So I would assume that he's he's going through the same growing pains uh, Milicic, Milicic is. So, uh, but it's just somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he was down there and uh, played a couple games, got his feet wet, but he'll probably finish out the year in the ECHL. Yeah, good call out. We might do. I can't remember. Do we play Norfolk? Toledo? Yeah. I don't think so. I, you literally say that and they play them at the beginning of next month uh, in Toledo. <laughs> the first two games uh, next month is against Norfolk. So that might be something to tune into and check this kid out. So, yeah, we probably get a good eye on him then. But uh, so their their main goalie, though, is Colin Delia. Uh, 20 games played, 0.881 save percentage, 3.47 goals against average. He's got seven wins, 13 losses. So not doing great. He's got his backup behind him, ready to go. And uh, you found another goalie that's hidden in the website. Maybe it was a mystery spy clue for us. Ooh, another spy pun. Two in one episode. I'm proud of you. I can't wait to see how many you have on the uh, recap of these two games. I'm really excited for that. But yeah, Mr. Games, so I don't have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't mean you won't come up with spy puns. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the third goalie for them, so it's going to be the backup to Colin Delia, is going to be Ascari Salmanen, which Griffins fans were uh, listening to us last year. Remember, uh, he was someone that the Griffins struggled with in Manitoba, but knew how to beat him in Grand Rapids. So like that kind of concerns me if we have to see him a little bit this weekend, but it does not look like this is the same Ascari Salmanen that we saw last season with 10 games played so far, boasting a 3.90 goals against and a .868 save percentage. Four wins, six losses. Not what we're used to seeing out of him at all. I just remember. Yeah, I remember Bob would always talk on the broadcast. It was how this kid would come in there and steal games. I mean, numbers in comparison to this year and last year aren't too far off. I mean, he's about a full goals, full goal higher this year in goals against. But I mean, this is his second year in the AHL too. He played a lot of time in Liga. Um, you know, he's 24 years old. I, I, he wasn't a draft pick of the Jets by any means. He was just signed by them. I don't know what their game plan is with him, but I would say that uh, their boy in the ECHL might pass him on the depth chart here pretty quick. Yeah, it's probably just a hutch situation where they decide somebody to put him there. And as a dealio fits that more, fits that mold more. He's a little older. He's been in, been in the NHL, been in the AHL. He's been all over the place. So. He's definitely okay. their veteran guy. You would think Delia and Milicic were 
was probably that it was probably the game plan, honestly. And it didn't work out that way. Yeah. That's probably why he's down there. Um, the only other guy that I wanted to highlight was Dimitri Kuzman. So last year we did a lot of Flint coverage. The guy played from Flint, uh, led Flint eight points, 29 shots in the playoffs. And then he was fifth in Flint with 59 points. Uh, he's not playing regularly. I'll say, uh, didn't see a whole lot of stats from him this year. Only 10 games this year. What the heck? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's buried, which is, I mean, it's okay. It's his first year. Um, yeah, that's fine. So, uh, any analysis, anything you want to put in for this team? Ideas of why they suck so bad? Well, I mean... I'm so unfiltered tonight. <laughs> that's fine. That's what that makes this more fun for everybody. Um, <laughs> analysis for this game, or these two games. I, I'm excited for these. I know you have exciting plans this weekend. You have the complete weekend off from podcasting duties, covering the games or anything like that. It all comes down to me. So I'm really excited to dial into these games on my own here and just really focus in on these guys, you know, looking for the key plays that we share online and all that fun stuff. But really just kind of analyzing, like, what is the what is the difference from this team that we saw back here at Van Andel where it was a tough team to all of a sudden now? Is it that they were decimated by Winnipeg? It doesn't look like there's been a million and one call-ups. So I can't say it's that. It, it really just kind of looks like, a bad stretch of games from a team that could probably string it together. They're just not. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they have a lot of energy on the ice or if they look like a team that's defeated, if they look like the Griffins last year. Uh, yeah. You know, that that's what I'm going to be looking out for. I hope this is a couple of games that the Griffins can go in, do some damage on the road, get some more road wins, which are good for us. We struggled with those at the beginning of the season. We're starting to string those together. I mean, you can say, you know, our win streak ended, but we still have a road win streak, right? So, because we lost those three games at home when we were on the win streak when we came back home. So, there's still a road win streak there. That's something positive to look at, I guess. That is positive. So, That's strange to think because for a while we were good at home and terrible on the road, and now we flip flopped. How the turntables. Yeah. I don't think that's the so, thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I. This is a weekend where we can see a lot of guys that have been struggling maybe string something together here and get some confidence in their game. Like we said, if there can be a line that can take advantage of that second line, if that's what we end up seeing Manitoba put on the ice, I don't see any reason why some of these kids that haven't been getting goals can't find the back of the net here. It's really going to come down to the Griffins being very well disciplined. A team like this that's down on their luck can get feisty really quick and drag you in and pull you into that type of game play. So Again, I'm not going to make predictions on it because this could also be an absolute disaster for us where the Griffins walk in and lose both of these games and we're sitting here going, what the hell just happened? We, we did that last winning. episode. Hey, we went from winning five in a row to all of a sudden we're losing five in a row. Oh, God, here we go. We're just as we're in the same boat as them. What just happened? So I'm not going to say wins or losses. I'm going to say expectations from me are high for the Griffins, but at the same time, who really knows? This game could be this, this could be a wild couple games, or it could just be a barn burner where we go in there and just light it up, and that's what I want to see. Who need, who needs just four goals? Let's get six, seven, you know, a couple of those games this weekend. Let's go have some fun. It's an always an interesting road trip. The 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 games in Manitoba can go one way or the other. It seems like for the Griffins, and I, I again, it could be bad or it could be amazing. I'm hoping for the amazing side of things, make my weekend of coverage a lot more fun. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, hopefully they're not posting like multiple goals back to back to back, like 10 seconds apart. I would feel bad for you uh, because it's not easy clipping those as, as they're coming in like that. But uh, I, I look, have to hire an intern. Yeah. You may need an intern for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> anybody that wants to apply, uh, hit us up in the DMS. We are looking to add talent. Uh <laughs> And uh, we'll go from there. We'll, we're we're looking to find talent. We don't have talent yet. We're looking to find some talent. <laughs> yeah. We're, we've been looking for 52 episodes. Um, what, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have too. But uh, when I looked at this team and saw seven games lost in a row, I, I kind of looked at them like, okay, what's going on? Is it is it just a young team? Uh, I looked at there. They have eight rookies. They had a lot of little asterisks next to their names when I looked at their roster. Uh, they had six players that are inactive, which I thought was kind of a lot. 
But then I looked at ours and I was like, oh, we have nine rookies and we have five inactive. So uh, we're right there on par with them. Uh, it's they're not dealing with a lot of injuries. They're not dealing with a lot of call ups. It's just it's a there's just a struggling team. And I'm hoping that Grand Rapids just goes in. We get a shout out. I know. Hopefully you listen to it afterwards. But uh, hopefully we can close them out, get the wind, get both wins, so we can go right into winning Wednesday and get the third one against Rockford and avenge our loss, uh, our losses against them that we had last weekend. But uh, if we lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna be shaking my head. I'm gonna be face palming. I'm. It's not gonna be a good sign if we if we lose both games this weekend uh, in my eyes because we can't lose. You can't lose that many games in a row. Five. That's terrible four can't do it like we we've gotta we gotta get some points we gotta build the lead that we have in the in the central division because it is so close so hopefully too our second line really picks up and scores some points if we can't get that matchup so that's our second line last game was zach aston reese lesbian and shine and lesbian and shine have gotten some chemistry going they've been on a tear all season so i could foresee this uh being a bigger breakout or help helping them uh, pad their stats a little bit. But um like to see that line get it. The other thing, this is going to be weird, but when our defense is scoring, our team is way better. So we do need a, a big game from our defensemen, like either 2-0 point shots on that to get in uh, deflections, tips going in, or even uh, Didier just putting it out. I'm feeling like a a wild Albert Johansson weekend. I feel like we've been hyping him up a lot, and I think uh, that it's going to pay off real quick here. Wait, if it's not Albert, it's going to be William Volander. It very well could be. He's buzzing right now, too. At least he was in practice the other day. So it's possible. You weren't kidding, by the way, when you said uh, this is a young Manitoba team. They are the fourth youngest team in the AHL right now at average age of 23.85 years old. So about your age. At heart, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I think it's just growing pains with this team, really. Like, they're just trying to learn to figure it out and come together as a team, and it's not really working a lot. Like you said, it's it's like the Griffins team from last year. I mean, we struggled. I think there were multiple times we were on 10-game losing streaks, or at least it felt like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely felt like it. I don't, I don't know if it's a stats. no, we're not going to go depress ourselves right now. Yeah, we're going to do it you. Uh, you start vacation tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, we don't need to be have you going into that depressed by uh, last year's Griffins team. They did us, they did us enough emotional damage, so we're good there. We do need to go into an ad read. You're correct. So, why don't you go read your last ad before your vacation and all your fun stuff that you're going to go do? And I'm going to sit here and cry. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Only problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age based by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Welcome back. So we haven't talked about them in a minute. We owe them some time on this podcast because we Flynn? spent... I mean, we could talk about Flynn if you want to. I don't know who's on the team anymore. They traded the whole farm, so... They did trade the whole team and the coach. Yeah, and the fans. Um, <laughs> fans are still showing up. It's good. Yeah. But no, no our other had... favorite team. The Red Wings? Toledo. The yeah, walleye. we got to talk about the Toledo Walleye. We owe them some coverage here because they've been doing the Toledo Walleye thing over the past few weeks here, and we haven't really 
taking a deep dive into it. The most we've talked about recently is just Brandon Hawkins being an all-star, which that game happened and was pretty wild. He had a sick goal. Another guy had an even sicker goal. It was a lot of sick goals. And uh, Did anybody do the Michigan? You know, I don't. You know, I think that would be a low light compared to some of the goals that we saw. Dang. But no, the walleye. So they played some games over this last weekend here. Uh, two games against Kalamazoo and one game against Indy. Kalamazoo is a team that they have struggled with this year. And they walked into Kalamazoo on Friday during that snowstorm and they got beat, fished in. They got beat four to one. Uh, not a good game at all. Their 14-game point streak came to an end. The only goal for them was Sintazo. There was a big moment there where McCourt collided with an official, which, of course, the Kalamazoo fans got rowdy about. So, you know, a whole mix of things there. It doesn't sound like they had a fun trip to Michigan in that one, unfortunately. But luckily for them, they get to go back home the next night and well, take on the same Kalamazoo team. I wonder if they rode the same bus together. Save some money. I hope not. <laughs> uh, so you think them coming into the bank tank that they're going to get a win against Kalamazoo? Nope, Kalamazoo wins this game 2-1. to one. Uh, I don't really understand what's going on with Kalamazoo and Toledo. A playoff series against them at this point uh, sounds scary for the walleye. They seem to have them figured out. It's the first time in a while I could say the walleye went on a two-game losing streak. <laughs> and that's not normal for them. With this game, I mean, let them in played okay. You know, since his reassignment back to Grand Rapids, he has had a he's a dot nine oh nine save percentage since he went back there. He's playing okay, but not a great game in this one overall. <laughs> not a, it's one of those burn the tape games, I think, for the walleye. A lot of questionable calls, what we were told. And yeah, that's kind of it. Nothing, nothing much to add to that one. They kind of go into Indy the next night hoping to turn it around after a back-to-back-to-back here. And they walk into Indy and absolutely light it up. So they had to, you know, come back in this game. They win this game 5-3. to three. A huge third period from the team after a really sloppy first and second. Riley Sawchuk played hero in this one, getting two goals. And then Alexander Doucette had his best game since he came back from Grand Rapids with a goal and an assist in this one. And Bednar as well. Played very well in this one. So the walleye get back on their winning ways after a weird weekend for them. But luckily for them, they get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off this week. And then they travel to Cincinnati again. This that seems like the only team they freaking play outside of Kalamazoo. Well, they are they are adding a team next year, so we'll have some more variety. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second here, too. That's an interesting, interesting one. Uh, I read into more details this morning on that. Uh, so they play Cincinnati on Friday, and then they play Indy again on Saturday. Both these games are on the road. So where the Walleye sit in the standings right now in the Western Conference, they are second behind the Kansas City Mavericks. The Walleye have 35 games played. They are 24-6-2-3 with 155 goals scored and 115 goals against. So still a fantastic goal differential for them. Leading scorer on the team is Brandon Hawkins. Who would have ever thought? 49 points in 35 games. Absolutely unreal numbers. Sam Craggs, 36 points in 35 games. Absolutely unreal numbers for him. This is truly a breakout year for Craggs. Trenton Bliss, our Grand Rapids boy here, 35 points in 31 games. Continues to play well for them. Uh, Mitchell, Le- Mitchell Lewandowski with 33 points in 32 games. Every one of these guys I'm listing so far, all point-per-game players for the walleye or higher. This is insane to think about. And then you come down the board a little bit. The other two guys in the Red Wings organization we pay attention to, Riley Sawchuk, 21 games played. Oh, look at that, 20 points, almost a point per game there. And then Alexander Doucette, 19 games played, 17 points. Getting close to a point per game for him, too. And another call-out is uh, Mr. Jan Bednar. It seems to be the forgotten goalie when the Red Wings fans talk about goalies. He is a Red Wings prospect. I should remind everyone of that. Uh, 18 games played this year, 12 wins, two losses, one overtime loss with a 2.87 goals against and a .888 save percentage. So the fish are still doing fish things. Nothing really new there. They did have a little bit of a rough stretch there, but I anticipate a good winning weekend for them in Cincy and Indy again. Go fish. (laughs) Did you wait this whole time just to say go fish? (laughs) I know I blinked. (laughs) 
anything you want to add to the walleye there, sir? I know we've been talking a lot with our friend Travis down there, season ticket holder. He's the one that gave us all this information from this as we've not been able to watch every single game. I did get to watch that indie game and that comeback when Riley lit it up. That was sweet. But anything you want to add? The So a couple things here is Doucette and Sawchuck playing really well down there. I would like, and, and they're one of the first two people being called up uh, at top of Bliss uh, up here. We haven't seen much of Riley, but Doucette and Bliss have been up here, and they're doing well down there. Hopefully next year, they're regular time starters up here. Depends on what Horkoff and Iserman do with the, the roster and Dan Watson. But it's good to good to see them putting up points down there because even when we were sending guys down there, they, sometimes they weren't really gelling with the team or doing well. So it's good to see that. Uh, Bednar doing well. Lethman makes... It's good that he doesn't, not good, but the team is still doing well, even though he's not putting up those crazy freaking numbers that he had last year. So uh, that maybe, maybe because he signed that contract with the wings, maybe that got no set. I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, That's an accusation <laughs> if I've ever heard. Of. I think he just misses the big guy. I think he misses his buddy, coach, man. Yeah, maybe Mrs. Coase pushing him. Maybe Bender is not pushing him as much. And so maybe that's uh maybe that's where it's coming from. But it's good to see like Wadi moves up and then this uh Pat Mikish comes in, takes over, and they continue to do walleye things down there. So uh crazy win streak. Was it 14 games? It was 14 games without a, a regulation loss. That's still nice. they have some at, losses in there, but yeah, still crazy. They're and they're at the top of the division still. Top of the yes, league. yep. Second, the in the the league. Conf- second in the conference, uh, first in their division. In the league? Oh, they're so sorry. I should say they're tied at the top of the conference. Both of them have 53 points. Uh, and in the Eastern Conference, the top two teams over there have 53 points as well. So it's a four way tie for the league. Jeez, which is good. <laughs> like, we don't want to win the league. We just want to win the cup at the end. So, which is uh, crazy because we talked, you know, about the teams that they would play, you know. We're familiar with Idaho. They're still up there. But I'm looking at like the Eastern Conference and the Greenville Swamp Rabbits and the Adirondack Thunder right now for the top two teams over there. And that's not what I anticipated at all. Speaking of ECHL teams, there is another one coming. So we already have the one in Lake Tahoe. Uh, Their arena's built. I think they come in next season. So yeah, there's a new team being added to the ECHL in the 24-25 season in Bloomington, Illinois. Same. How, how far away is that from us? It's it's a little bit of a hike for us, but it's you know they're clearly going to be in the same division as the uh, as the walleye, so should be interesting. The really interesting part when I dug into this is it's the same ownership group that owns the Indy Fuel. That's weird. Yeah, they're going to own is that allowed? the CHL teams. Uh, how is that allowed? I don't know. It's weird, right? It's really who, weird. Who will they be affiliated with? The Atlanta team? That's, that has not been announced yet. But what I'm gathering here is they're going to, I think we will see a couple more expansions in the ECHL over the next few years to be able to match up with the amount of NHL affiliates they need to have. They're still short. I think this is what the 30, 30th team? Yeah, this is the 30th team to join. There's still a couple short here. So, and if the NHL does add another one, I know rumors are flying around Atlanta right now. Like we're going to continue to have to add the ECHL, which is great. It's a great league. And all that's going to do is just give uh, more players, more opportunity to play the American game and more chances for development and career opportunities. So I'm all for it. Continue to expand it. I love the ECHL. I love the AHL. The NHL will piss me off sometimes, but keep growing these leagues. This is great. Like that Lake Tahoe one. I'm excited about that. I saw the pictures from inside their new barn. It is a slick little ECHL barn out there. It's really nice. Do you know what the team name is for Lake Tahoe? Like, what's their logo, their name? I, I thought it was Tahoe a dragon. Night Monsters. It does have a green dragon in the logo. I'm assuming this is going to fall into the Vegas Golden Knights uh, farm team system here. So they're close by. We're throwing the word night in there. It, it's, it's spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. I hate this team name. This is terrible. Who voted? The logo's sick, though. The logo's really cool, honestly. But yeah, 
the ECHL is growing. It's great to see. I'm all I'm here for it. Love it. You know what else pisses me off about the NHL? Was it Tuesday night? Trying to watch. There was like six. The wings were off. There's six games on. All of them were terrible matchups. Terrible broadcasters. I turned it on the women's game. And it was significantly better, wasn't it? It was so much better. The announcers were better. The play was better. And that was a close game. Women's hockey. Hopefully we see some more expansion and we can get a team over here in GR or Detroit. Maybe Atlanta. I mean, the possibility. I'm I'm all for that league expanding. I think they've absolutely nailed it with that league. The way the rules are set up, they let them play. Uh, And the compete level is high in all the games I've watched so far. So Ben Simon would be proud. Ben Simon would be thrilled. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you uh, turned off the crappy NHL games that night and tuned into that. You know what was even crappier at the NHL? The whole situation with the Red Wings broadcast last night. Like, what? Did you did you catch all of that? I was on Bally. So, yeah, I, all of I us locally. They... I'm a weirdo. I pay for cable. Well, thank God we were on Bally because... It, well, TNT's app had restricted it for me, so that's cool. Um, thank God, though, you know, being able to watch Ken and Mick call a game was much better than apparently the broadcast crew for TNT was stuck in Buffalo. So the guys, you know, Biz and Hendrick and all those guys at the studio were calling the game from the studio where they do like your intermission coverage and your pregame coverage. Like every clip I saw someone share from TNT. It was like seven seconds of dead silence before they finally reacted to what happened. Like the Larkin overtime goal was silence with skating. And then all of a sudden, oh, there you go. That was. I mean, it kind of reminds bad. me of, of our first live stream. Eh, it's pretty close, honestly. Actually, I think we might have been better. Which but, is pretty but, terrible because we've we that was our first one. And these guys have been doing this stuff for like years and know the game way better than we do. They all half of them have played the game, and the worst part—I mean, I wouldn't say Biz has played the game. He was a fourth liner that played three minutes a night max. But yeah. the worst part was there was a point in the game where Liam was talking to him, and he's eating a steak on the broadcast, and he couldn't I did, talk. Like, I did see that. You know, the broadcast was bad when the official like NHL platforms were sharing goal clips from the local Bally Sports providers, not TNT, their national broadcast partner. Like those clips were horrendous. If that was the first time someone tuned into a hockey game, they were like, "What the hell is this?" Great way to grow the game, you know. I don't know how that can. Ha- it's the National Hockey League. How does something like this happen? When the Wings are on the one of the best streaks right now, playing with the best players that they've had in such a long time, and everybody's jumping on this Wings wagon, and then you've got Biz eating a steak and complete silence on a, a game winning. Overtime goal by the captain. Like, this is terrible. We should order steaks next time and do a live stream and eat steaks while, while we try to do this. He spent a lot more time with Florida's meeting them than uh, oh, that oh. steak. <laughs> wow. Good. Again, it's just another game where Biz is all over the loving the team that the Red Wings are playing against and just so many negative things to say about the Red Wings. It's, it's so bad. It's so biased and gross. I'm so sick of TNT. And I you remember when they first introduced like TNT and ESPN. I was a big fan of the ESPN broadcast, especially in the playoffs. Like it's much better than ESPN's. And now it's about the same. It's just it's not fun anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lame now. I don't, I don't like I don't Biz. I, I haven't. He's too cocky, too arrogant. And he's always yeah. hating on us. Yeah, personally. he's a acquired taste. He's done maybe one good thing in the last uh last while, and that's where uh Babs got fired. <laughs> so, yeah. It's about the best did, thing he's done. I did love the stat that TNT put up last year. Uh, at one point, they put Henrik Lundqvist was on the panel. They had Wayne Gretzky and they had Biz and they put everybody's stats up. And I think Lundqvist had like 20 points or something like that. And Biz had like four. <laughs> like sitting next to Greg Gretzky who had 100 you know, million points. But Jesus, that's how are they going to do a guy like that? I don't like, know what's ouch. I don't know what's worse, the TNT broadcast or the NHL All Star jerseys. Yeah, the jerseys are pretty bad. They look like Dorito wrappers. They look like 
the kids they're the kids jerseys right like yeah they're, they're terrible well i mean a kid did create them bieber yeah justin bieber 23 and a half years old is that what you said earlier <laughs> created the jersey he did a great job with the toronto ones i really like those reversible black and blue ones but these also yeah, those were sick. are not great um not good at all so they were so close to nailing it last year the colors were just what threw us off but everything else about them was perfect and then this year whatever this monstrosity is oh my god yeah take away yeah. the uh beaver privileges for jersey designs for a bit just take away the all-star game and let the players have a week vacation at this point. No one wants to be there. Nobody wants to be there. And then this whole setup was weird too. They let McDavid like create the the events to lead up to like the best overall hockey player. I'm gonna tune. I mean, if I'm available, I'm gonna tune in to see how this works. But it's like Ron Robin elimination style. Uh, guy gets. I don't. Know, I think he gets money donated to his charity or something like that. So. Should be weird. Should be interesting. I, it, last year was chaotic, just going to event to event to event in Vegas, like f- as fast as they possibly could. That was strange. Yeah, they're not like that. Totally not pre-recorded events. Yeah. Right. And then you give the guy with no personality the the rain to come up with events this year to entertain people. Awesome. Well done, NHL. You're doing great. For him to win it too, you you know he rigged that. <laughs> I mean, if it's set up to be the best player in the league, yeah, he's gonna win it. I mean, it's a fact. He's the best player in the league. What else do we got, sir? What else? Practice. What else we got? We practice. We did something cool. Well, you did something cool this week. We we did something cool. We, you we went, went to practice. 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 Talk about practice. Practice. <laughs> A crossover for your youngins. Uh, it's Alan Iverson. <laughs> talking about practice yeah so it's something we had it's crazy all the things we asked for in our experience episode over the summer like it's slowly like being checked off uh we asked for a goal songs for the players we got that we asked for going to practice uh we got an open skate well, not open skate we that'd been that'd been crazy not that we could have participated because we don't know how to skate, but they had an open practice for us to go out, see the guys practice, uh, how they interacted. And that was over at Griff's Ice House, which was freezing on Monday, which it was cold outside, but it was even colder inside. It wasn't colder inside than outside. I think it was, except for like oh. the area for the autograph signing. Like that was warm, but everything else was freezing. I was not ready for that. I should have wore mittens, gloves, and a hat, but I was coming from work. And then nobody told me how cold it was actually going to be at this, this arena. Yeah, for those that aren't familiar, Griff's Ice House is a small steel building with a couple ice rinks in it. It's the local the local skating rink. You can play some beer league there, all that fun stuff. Like, it's it's old school. And it is, yeah, it's, it's cold in there. You can see your breath when you're sitting there watching the boys practice. But uh, it was a fun experience. You're right. It was something we asked for. It was season ticket member only, uh, supposedly. <laughs> and... Supposedly, I mean, what do you mean? I, I mean, I didn't show my badge when I walked in. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. They made it a big deal about you got to have a ticket, you got to be in the past, you got to like you RSVP. Yeah, and then they didn't check us at all, which we're not that big, like we're not celebrities yet. So the, it was weird that they didn't check us. <laughs> Talk about yourself, baby. Jesus, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> oh, you I are. Know. <laughs> You're a celebrity. Oh, I, I didn't know, Brandon. I mean, I'll sign your jersey for you, man. Relax. It's okay. It's okay. I got Bergy to sign mine. So I am not The saga is over. The saga is over. If they need to trade him, they can trade him now. Yeah, it was. So, we yeah, we watched the whole practice. It was about, what, an hour, hour-long practice, hour-and-a-half practice, maybe. Uh, and, you know, the boys were out there, and they were they were, play, they were practicing hard, some of them. Like we mentioned, we mentioned briefly earlier, Volander was absolutely buzzing in practice. He, uh. They did a little two-on-two drill where they took about a quarter of the ice right up by the glass where all the fans were watching. And this is back and forth where they chuck the puck at the center line there against the boards and go battle for it. And he was battling hard. And he beat Kosa a couple times really with some really sick goals. Uh, so good for him. I think Cross and Casper uh, were having quite a bit of fun. Steinman and Bergy were battling it out. Those two, which... I thought about this more even after we talked about this last night on the uh, episode that shall not be talked about. Those two battling each other that hard just should make everyone feel really good because it's two of the 
better two of the better best players on this team right now, right? Two of your top prospects in the Red Wings' eyes on this team. Battling as hard as possible in a practice setting to make each other better. When you're playing against the best that you can play against, you're only going to get better between the two of them. So seeing that, like if that's how every practice is, who knows that they were putting on a show because there was people there. I'm sure, sure there was a little extra in there. But to see those two battle it out like that, that made me feel good about like where their headspace is at in their development. Yeah, the same goes iron sharpens iron, right? So, I mean, you really got to see it uh, during practice. And the morale was good. Like, the guys were – you couldn't tell that they had lost three games in a row. Like, they were out there. They're having fun. Uh, might be too much fun for a three-game losing streak, too. So, I mean, there's always the other side of it as well. But uh, the morale was good, and it was good, too. Like, Captain – like, we didn't – we haven't seen a whole lot of um, Didier, like, in the games, he's always standing up for guys, but like we really saw like Amadeus, he was like taking him under his wing. You saw Casper over near him too. So like that was good to see. He's keeping the the younger guys in check too. Um, but yeah, Volander, just crazy the amount of shots and goals that he had. I was like, where has this been, Volander? Like, we've been looking for this all year. So maybe he's like at that comfort space now. Like, all right, second half of the season, let's let it rip. Like, let's go get let's go get me some points. So I'm excited to see or hear about how he goes, how he does this weekend. But um, I think if we get him up close to the opponent's goalie, uh, he'll do some damage, which is sad because he's a defenseman. But at the same time, if he can get up in in close and get on the rush, like, oh boy, there, there's something there. I mean, you see Simon do it every once in a while. He'll just like go right down the middle of the ice and shoot it. So I mean, he, we, he's got yeah. he's got got the ability to do it. I think no. I think I felt the person I felt the worst for in practice was uh, Hutch when they're doing. No, not you. You were you, you were cold. Oh, boo hoo. Uh, it was was a uh, Hutch when they're doing the goalie on goalie drills there with uh, the goalie coach and he, the screen he has to work with is Kos. <laughs> He's got yeah. Kos is screening him uh, in front of him with. Uh, yeah, it. So I, I felt bad for him. He was getting beat a little bit in that one. So that kind of sucked for him. And Coase was uh, definitely crowding the crease, trying to poke fun at him too. It was that was the most fun part, is just seeing the guys poke fun at each other. You know, Coase was Coase and Mazer were going at it quite a bit as well, and that was that was something I didn't expect. They were battling it out, and you know, I remember the training camp videos from the Red Wings where Casper and Coase are making their bets with each other, and you could see them jawing at each other and being like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you this time," and all that. So that was fun. And Austin Zarnick, I think, is the team referee, right? That's what we decided. Yeah. He kept, he kept he kept putting his hands up like where's the call where's the call Dan and Dan's like come on get off the ice let's go like <laughs> next group out so yeah it was good and then they did the autograph session with us uh, got stuff signed we noticed Taro at the end he didn't skate Matt Love yep. we mentioned we I asked him I said how how much longer till you're back and he said about a month so yeah uh, but hey we saw him. Yeah, it was, he the, is it was the quickest. It's the quickest game of where's this player that we've played all season. We started with where's two zero, and that took a minute. Now we got where's Luff. Well, he's here. He, he exists. He's he's alive still. We promise. Which is good to see. He's still around with the team. Like that's. I mean, if, if he's not playing, he's not skating. He's not. He's not out. But at least he's uh, he's with the team. He's with the guys. He's part of the the organization. So that's I mean, good to see. the fact of the the fact of the matter is too like all those guys that are injured currently or anything. They didn't have to be there to do that. They specifically came there for that signing and left. Like I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're required to be there for practice or not. But I didn't see them floating around there at all by the benches or anything like that. They were there for the fans that braved the weather because the weather was not great and no. showed up. And they, I really appreciate that character out of those players right there. That that's a nice character move. I don't fans. think that. I don't think the team knew that they were going to be there because they had to write their placement names there too. So, cause everybody else's was typed out. Everybody was assigned and then they brought them in. Like they showed up. I, I I'm assuming that the, like, um, what's the girl? I don't know who put the PR uh, who's involved with it, but, um, I know they give Maisie a bunch of crap cause she's always like trying to coordinate these crazy guys. But, uh, yeah, like Taro, Matt Luff, and, uh, Vero was there. None of those guys skated. They were, but they were all drawn in to, for placements. So um, hopefully, yeah, we see I noticed that. I forgot about that. Huviro or the placements? But I forgot that there was some handwritten ones there instead of typed <laughs> ones. 
that didn't even click at the time. I was too focused making sure the guys were using the right Sharpie on my stick that I was having signed. Like they kept picking up a dead one and they'd sign it and they'd be like, what? And then I'd be like, try this one. And it'd work perfectly. And they're trying to trace over it without making it look weird. The only player I couldn't get to retraces was Amadeus. He was, was very distracted. Yeah. They were very like in the signing mode. Like they didn't really say anything. They were just like, where's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Just like, not like last year when we did it, like we were able to talk with them, joke. And I said awkward stuff and pissed them off. But, yeah, that's a story for a Patreon episode sometime. But yeah. I, I think that signing, though, that was the post-game team signing at, at the arena. This is after practice. The Bills game was on. Some of the boys were starting to watch that. Like they were ready to, they were ready to get rolling. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the event. I hope Griffins do more of those. I'd love to see more of the practice aspects. Uh, you know, I, I'd love the opportunity to see you know a morning skate at the arena uh, on a game day. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think we talked about that in our. Uh, season or experience episode we were like you know do a morning skate and a back tour of the arena for select season ticket holders or whatever like that i think that would be a cool thing so maybe we'll see something like that down the road too who knows yeah i mean it's this for sure dan watson and bringing in this culture and the different new things like things that we were looking for so it was, it was cool to do so I yeah i'm glad it. that if that is dan and he's you know bringing that getting getting the team closer to the fans, getting the players out in the open with the fans more. If that's, if that's coming from him, I really do appreciate that because you appreciate everything that the team's doing more at that level too. When you get to know the guys and chat with them a little bit, you start to identify their personalities. And then you really, when you can understand the player's personality, you understand their play a little bit more too and or why they do the things they do. So it's a, uh, it's, it's fun. I've enjoyed it so far. He's, they've done a really good job this season with a lot of fan experience stuff. Really good job. I'm excited to see what the great skate looks like this year. I think that's going to be one that uh, it might be one of the better ones this year. I think it's going to be one of the more busy ones this year with the level of prospect that they have skating in this one. I think so too. And last year we had like, Verona was down here last year. Nadalkovich was down here last year. So, I mean, like we had some big NHL players down here, but uh, I didn't really know what the great skate was. I didn't know that there was an actual pledge that you like donate towards. Like all this was new, like none of it was promoted. And we saw dogs uh, message. And we've been retweeting that. So donate to dog Brad Thompson out there. Uh, great guy. Like he even came out during the practice was like, thank you all 43 of you guys coming out here, cheering us on and being out here, braving the weather. So uh, it was good. It was good. Like you don't get a whole lot of time with dog. Yeah. More time with dog would be cool. I like that guy. He's, he's a character, man. He's, I know he's got stories <laughs> yes. for days. I know he's got stories for days. I'd love to get him on here and chat with him one time. Uh, just well, probably more than one time to get all the stories out of him that he's got from all the years he's been with this team. But yeah, our whole mission is to make sure that he beats all the players and the donations for great skate so far he's, he's leading. So let's keep it that way. We'll keep sharing it too. And I know we jumped in and donated a little bit. And if you're able to jump in, it's all for a good cause. It's all good, all in good fun. And uh, seeing an equipment manager beat all these, these young kids. In this <laughs> donation, oh, that would be satisfying. He deserves it for what he did for Simon Edmondson for the Christmas break. He deserves it. What do, the right. what do the donations go towards? So kids don't oh, grow up like me donation. or what? Like what happens? What? <laughs> so kids don't grow up like me or like what? What do these donations go to? To teach kids to skate? To, to help them? Like what is... You know more about this than I do because this is all foreign language to me. Yeah, so it's a fundraiser for the Griffins Youth Foundation. It should go towards keeping kids from turning into you for sure. I agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all for the Griffins Youth Foundation. The event is free. Uh, skating fee is $4 for adults, $2 for kids. It's free skate rentals. Uh, and, you know, they do a whole bunch of other stuff down there. They got hot beverages uh, down there for to keep you all warm. They got carriage rides around downtown. There's a hundred different or more than a hundred items. They're going to go up for auction for this. I remember peeping at that auction last year. There was like a Larkin Jersey. There was some experience stuff in there. I think there was like a game up in the booth with Bob and Larry. If I remember oh. right last year, that'd be an interesting experience. And it goes, it starts uh, Saturday, January 27th at 10 PM and goes to Sunday, January 28th at 10 PM. It is 24 consecutive hours. It does not stop. So every hour there's new players out there. I just remember last year, two players took their time. Their time slots were back to back, and they did two hours worth together. It was Elmer and uh, Simon, if you remember. 
Those two no, I, skated. I think I was out of town that weekend. You were out of town. You were we were so we were in Detroit for your birthday, I'm pretty sure, for a game. Because we came back that Saturday. We didn't we didn't cover that game that night. It was the Grateful Dead night. Yeah. And we missed that one. Uh yeah. we came back that Saturday night. We were all very tired the next Sunday and the weather was not ideal either. You stayed home still. You were exhausted from everything. And I went downtown. I caught up with a couple of the players. I know I met uh, with Nedeljkovic, uh, Les Perantz, and a couple of the other guys. Uh, I think Andreasen, when he was still here. So a couple of those guys. And it's a cool event. If you can skate, it's cool. But if you can't, don't worry. You can hang around the edge of the rink, too. And the guys will come over and talk to you. They'll sign stuff, too. Uh, just be respectful of them. Don't try to, you know, peel them away from somebody else when they're having a conversation with them. Because I know when I went down there and it was uh, Les Perance's turn, it wasn't super packed. It was like nine, eight o'clock, nine o'clock on that Sunday night. And, uh, you know, he was actually genuinely carrying on conversations with people. I remember him skating with some little kids, trying to help them skate better and just having genuine conversation with people. So that was cool. And Ned did the same thing. You know, he got out in the ice and he stood there in one place for a good 10, 15 minutes while a line of people got signatures from him. And then he just skated around and had a good time. And he was the last one to go for the whole event. So it's cool. Bring your friends and family down there. The weather should be a little warmer and nicer. And uh, yeah, it's a fun event. We'll, we'll be down there for part of it. I know that for sure. We'll, we'll go check it out. I don't know what time. We'll wait for the player times to be announced, but I'll at least be down there. I thought you said you were going to be down there for the whole time. There's no way. In hell, I'm gonna be down there for 24 hours. If we if we got some donations, would you? Old day? No. <laughs> you thought about it, so it would take I a little did. bit. You of said money. donations, and I was like, uh we would donate them to dog, but you can put them in yeah. the name of the Hockey Town West podcast, and then uh what for every what ten dollars you stay down there for an hour? Dude, it'd be I would be like down for it if I could skate. Standing there for in the cold for that long would be uh would be miserable, but also being on skates for that long would be miserable. There's a reason the players take one hour shifts. Like the craziest part is it happens like right after the game on that Saturday. It's oh, wild, which is brutal. That's the Wing Wheel podcast night, too, isn't it? Yeah, the 27th is the Wing Wheel podcast. Night. So lots of stuff going on for these, this, the, uh, the Griffins that weekend. That's their weekend against Belleville. We'll have a nice preview episode for that one uh, next week. It's yeah. Wednesday. That's next next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever it comes out. Yep. So, other so than donate, that, man. Donate to Dog. Brandon will stay out there for an hour for every $10. And, uh, whoa. We'll, we'll, that's what I heard. Is my time to you only worth $10 an hour? I mean, it's worth more. It's worth more at the Grace Kit than it is on this podcast. <laughs> you get paid more at that than you do on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i know my boss over here doesn't pay me enough jesus yeah, <laughs> yeah it's we do this for fun for psychopaths <laughs> so if you haven't checked out patreon yet it does help us <laughs> best transition to patreon ever uh, uh, yeah you know you join michael and randy uh as our patreon supporters we appreciate it but yeah fun event go donate to brad dog thompson we appreciate everyone doing that as well uh, it's, it's nice to see that he's already up over a thousand dollars. So that's awesome. But anyways, anything else for you to add, sir? Go fish, go Griff's, go Sparty. Let's get some wins. Uh, you can say go yeah. the other team too, you know, go the other team too. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope on Sunday, I hope we have a beautiful weekend. Two wing, two Griffin wins. We get a wings win. We get a lions victory. We get some are the fish playing. Yeah, we get we some just fish talked about that earlier. So like, I just hope we just go streaking. Let's get everybody get a win this weekend. Now, if everybody loses, the lions have to win. That's only that. Like, I'll trade that for that. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping we have a we have a good weekend lined up. The potential for good vibes is so high, and the potential for just depression is also so high. <laughs> I've already been depressed all week, so it's got to balance out. It's it's good. We're on the upswing here. Some say it's all about balance. I say it's all about balance. I've been saying it for years, Brandon. I know. I'm surprised you don't have it tattooed at this point, honestly. This this weekend might get a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, let's get Nick a tattoo appointment in Detroit. I am down. Are we, All is right. this one on video or is next week starting video? <laughs> uh, next week, start video. Yeah, we'll have actual full videos of these two. You'll see uh, my crazy reactions to some of the things this guy says. This could be my <laughs> ass tattoo right on screen. <laughs> All about balance. <laughs> Straight across. <laughs> on that note i think that's a great place to wrap up this week's episode i couldn't have said it better uh, myself so thank you <laughs> thank you to the hockey podcast network for being amazing partners hopefully still after that uh joke there uh thank you to DraftKings for being great sponsors hopefully still after that joke there and uh thank you all for listening we appreciate you guys have a wonderful wonderful weekend be safe go wings go griffins go walleye go lions go blue Go Spartans. Love you. Bye. Go Blue. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.